0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Mercado and Manning podcast. Andrew Mercado joins us down the line. Welcome, Andrew. Hello there, James. My name's James Manning. We're going to be uh, recording the Media Week TV podcast. Royal wedding coverage, Andrew. Thoughts? Did you enjoy what you saw?
1: Oh, yeah, I loved it. I (laughs) loved it. Um, I had to... I was working at the cinema when it started Uh, So I streamed the first bit of it. I just started streaming it off ABC because that was the first one I went to. And then I started reading Twitter about what people were saying and I got curious. And then I started streaming seven because, I mean, everyone was sort of saying that they they were in the best position. You know, they were the ones that were inside the grounds of Windsor Castle, that the Crowds of people around, I mean, there was poor old ABC and the background was just like this fence (laughs) and this empty park. There was no atmosphere whatsoever. So what I never saw, James, was Nine's backdrop, what they were using.
0: Yeah, they were at the corner of the, near the the main entrance to the castle in the sort of Windsor Village. Right. On one of the corners there. I think church in the background. Uh, Yeah. So they had a pretty good spot. But um, the, the ratings certainly indicated that um, that social media um, vote of confidence in seven had some effect because seven won easily.
1: Yeah, I don't. If you'd been flicking around the channels, you would have. I just think settled on them because they probably looked like they were the ones with the best position. I also I also really question whether or not it was the wisest idea to get the hosts of today to anchor the primetime coverage. I mean Channel Seven still sent their breakfast show over there, didn't they, James? Yeah. Sunrise still broadcast every day, but then they put in Melissa Doyle and Michael Usher. I think nine I just don't think that Carl is the right person to be doing a wedding at the moment with his personal life. I just think it was a, a bad decision, and I think that they should have had somebody else anchoring it. And it's almost as if they're trying to say, look, our breakfast team is really great, and they can do prime time stuff. I get why they were trying to do it, but it didn't work for them in the end, did it? And... Uh what I thought was really interesting, though, was at the end of the night when I was back at home and I was able to flick between all the channels, even though nobody watched it, I think SBS ended up having the most interesting after chat because all the others were just like going, oh, they were so beautiful. They were so much in love. Whereas SBS had this studio audience in Sydney with Miff Warhurst and Ray Martin. Joel Creasy had left. To go do a show somewhere, and they had this studio audience, and it was a very multicultural, diverse audience, so they were there to really kind of pick up and talk about the real history that had been made, having a black gospel choir and a and a, and a black preacher, you know, going off script at a royal wedding. I mean, that was real history, and none of the others were really talking about that afterwards except sort of, in a way, kind of almost sniggering at it, and I thought SBS really nailed that best. A uh, post-wedding
0: description. Mm. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I flicked around quite a bit. Yeah, I thought that ABC coverage was was pretty poor. Really, it just you just you're dead right about the background. You just didn't get any vibe at all that they were, you know. That were just sort of tacking on some commentary. They should have just shown a feed. We we, we don't really need to have people sitting there. No, Although I not if they're going to
1: have a, a backdrop as crap as that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think Sevens was certainly superior and um, yeah, Mel Doyle did, did great work and that was the local one that I was sort of into much. But I flicked mainly between the BBC feeds on BBC World News and UK TV, which was yeah. so that you could see both sort of uh, main BBC coverage. And I well, thought you know, that was really good.
1: I, I completely forgot about UK TV. I was a bit too focused on everything else, on you know, trying to see what the other guys were doing.
0: Mm. Yeah. My big criticism was of the arrivals, though, that I, I think every network fell down uh, identifying who was coming into the church, apart from the obvious ones, Fergie and uh, George Clooney and Oprah. There were hordes of other people. They just didn't identify at all. Wow, um, and you can Any- understand the Australian broadcasters not doing it because they wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, but surely the um, UK broadcasters should have been making an effort to do that, and they just didn't. It was and
1: shouldn't? You, are you talking about the fact that maybe actors from Suits were walking walking in, and no one had done their homework and didn't know who else was in Suits about apart from Meghan Markle? Yeah, correct. those lesser known actors and all of that. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: they identified some of the Suits people. They didn't give all their names though. But, yeah. but just some of their, their British friends, you know, I mean, yeah. just tell us who they are. I think the Daily Telegraph did something good on Monday. They had a spread, a photo of inside the church and they identified everybody and where they were sitting. Yep. So that was quite useful, but we should have had that on um, Friday night, on Saturday night during Agree. the coverage. Yep. And given it was such a media event, surely that was, you know, something they could have could have handled. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was good. Although I was, I must admit, by the time the service was over, that carriage ride, and I was done. Then I thought, "Well, I've really had enough of this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all that that lead up, I wasn't really into the lead up, but it sort of wore me out. Even though I wasn't watching a lot of that stuff, you know, the specials over the preceding weeks.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I, I only watched that. <laughs> I only watched that Lifetime telly movie, which turned out to be not so bad. Okay. The, it was actually one of the better ones, um, but yeah, I, I pretty much just waited till the main event, as I'm sure a lot of other people
0: did. Yeah. One of the big new um, launches this week was uh, a new season, a new network for talking about your generation, but the same host, Sean yep. Um, What did you make of this?
1: Well, thank goodness it was the same host. I mean, he's still the funniest person there, right? I, I really loved all the shtick he was doing with that telephone that would ring when he mispronounced one of the, the young singer's names wrong and he picked it up and said, oh, it's Eddie. It's Eddie Maguire. You know, like all that sort of ad lib stuff he was doing was still really great. It, it did feel to me like it went on for a bit, though towards the as, oh, yeah. as a lot of those one hour panel shows do they start real strong and then I, I kind of feel like they're running out of puff trying to make it to the end of the hour
0: mm, mm. yeah no I just um I yeah I thought it started fantastic Shaw McHale have had a great opening was very funny the team captains are okay Robin Butler Andy Lee I don't know much about Lawrence Boxall is it the the younger one Yeah, I Um.
1: don't know anything about him, but I know that uh, Sean McAuliffe is hugely impressed by him and says he's very, very smart.
0: Mm. The guests are okay. Eddie Perfect, Kate McLennan. She she was was funny doing
1: her sort of character from the catering show. I mean, she Mm. was kind of out there doing a different show, sometimes with Sean McAuliffe, which was funny for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but Brenna mm. Harding
0: was a good get, but she didn't really do a lot, I didn't think. No. Um, But, yeah, I just look at... Is it my cup of tea? No. I mean, there's too many quality things to watch on TV for me to devote, you know, what is it, nearly 90 minutes to go for?
1: No, 60 was, minutes. And you're not the target. That? Did
0: it go a bit longer or not? Was it under- I don't 16? think so. Okay, I thought no. it was an hour show. But All you're right. not
1: the target audience anymore, James. You've been, baby well, no. boomers are out. We're out. <laughs> they don't want us to watch the show. No one cares what we thought of the show. It's about whether or not Jens, X, Y, and
0: Z are going to watch it, right? I suppose so if I... It's a good. It's good news for them that I say I don't like it, right? Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, yes. okay. But I, that was Amanda Keller, wasn't it? In the first, yes, yeah, it was. yeah. Well, I, I, I miss her. You know, to yeah, be honest, um, totally. But uh, yeah, no. Nah, so look, no, nah, sort of well done. But yeah, look, not for me. Ongoing, it, its ratings were okay. They did a had a, um, a second repeat screening in its first week. It did another two hundred fifty thousand. So you know, it, it'll probably hang around. But it, it's. it's um, I a time slot at seven thirty. They want to be doing a bit better. It, it ran third in that time slot, behind the other did shows it? on offer. Yeah. So did
1: it not even beat House Rules? Correct. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay.
0: So that's not great, and for the first one too. you've But I think um, Hamish and Andy will be working together on it on a future episode. So that might bring in a few fans to see. Yes, it will. With um, with uh, Hamish uh, as a guest uh, with Andy on the same show. Yeah. Um. What else about this week? I want to just mention Gruen's back. I don't think, I'm don't, not sure we've talked about it since we've last, but three episodes in. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, I'm really enjoying this season. Me again. too. I, I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's still, I,
1: I laugh out loud every week at, <laughs> at several things on it. It really makes me laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that, if it was one criticism, it'd be a little bit minor. I wouldn't mind a little bit more diversity. They had something on Ancestry.com this week, and it just seemed to go on for a real long time. Yep. So maybe chop it up with a few more subjects But look, that's a minor criticism uh, I love the combo of Russell, Todd and um, Will and Me I love, too And I love sort of Russell's sort of justification for advertising every week Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really gets himself in knots sort of trying to do it And um, Will and Todd have some great fun with him They uh, really do with that. So yeah, no, it's good stuff And I'm liking their guest, guests from their agency people they've had on this year I think they've all been uh, really pretty good
1: They're all those women guests that they get. They're really super smart and it must be really daunting to be on a panel with, you know, those people that have been doing it for a long time and Will, who's so fast and sharp, but they really hold their own and they all have something. Everybody has something really intelligent to say. Just when you think they're done, someone else comes up with an angle and you go, yeah, wow, I never thought of that either. Yeah. It's it's just a super smart show for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Netflix is something that caught my eye this week. Uh, Ted Sarandos, their chief content officer, who was sort of part of the Netflix team who came to to Australia for probably a little bit over 24 hours um, when they launched here in Australia and no one's ever been back since, I don't think, and they they don't really have any employees in Australia or any other country for that matter. But he dropped some stunning stats. He said by the end of this year, they're hoping to have 1,000 original series or movies um, on offer to subscribers, which would mean there's still over 400 pieces of, of um, either movies or series that are going to premiere before the end of 2018, and that's um, seven months. So there's, you know, it's just going to be a massive dumping of, uh, well, dumping's not the right word, but da- well, a well. download of content.
1: I I would use the word dumping. It sounds to me like they're going to buy a few more movies. I mean, I think this, this trend of studios that get cold feet about a movie working in cinemas that sell it onto Netflix and Netflix go, hey, we've got this movie boom, and it's there, mm. that to me is just like, well, that's the equivalent of dumping a film straight to VHS or straight to DVD, as we used to call it, you know? So, it, you know, how, how, how is this going to be sustainable? So much content... You know, some of the stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's too much of everything all the time now. And uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes I just kind of am searching around and around. It's like, you know, I have 100 TV channels with nothing on. It's a bit same when you start going through Netflix library. It's just like, where do I even start with this? Sometimes it becomes
0: really overwhelming, Oh, it is completely overwhelming. You can easily lose an hour or so, can't you, before you work out what you're going to do. But listen, the um, you talked about the movies. Apparently this year they're going to have 80 films, <sighs> and that, which they call original, so 80, they, they are the buy-in or they commission or, you know, the processes they go through. Um, He was quizzed this week at the conference he spoke to about the numbers of people. And, you know, Netflix is very wary of sort of giving out audience figures because they don't really have to. They don't sell advertising or anything. He said, look, he he gave a couple of examples. I think there's a film called Roxanne, Roxanne, a hip-hop biopic about Roxanne Chante, and another comedy called Dude. He said each of those have been viewed between by eight to ten million people. So they, you know, they're pretty big audiences, right? Um,
1: and- no, I've never heard of either of those films, by the way. <laughs> so I haven't. I am not one of those eight to ten million people.
0: No, no. Or Roxanne Chante, I've heard of her, but I, I had no idea there was a bio about it. But you would think they would. That in particular would be a very US-centric. Um, yeah attraction i guess it's
1: it's, it's not my algorithm they yeah. haven't you know they they kind of gone you don't that guy in australia doesn't want to watch this you know yeah.
0: yeah i wonder how hard it is to find stuff that's not in your algorithm yeah wow they announced um second season of lost in space good uh which is coming i still haven't got around to watching that but you enjoyed that didn't you yeah it's amazing it's really really good yeah yeah All right. So, yeah, look, if you haven't got a Netflix subscription yet, and I'm guessing most people who listen to this have probably got one, there's certainly going to be plenty on offer for the rest of this year. Something I have previewed, which is starting a few days after we record, this is Mystery Road, a new drama from uh, the ABC, and it's called Bunya Productions, I think, is the company, starring Judy Davis and Aaron Pedersen. Seeing them together on screen will be a big attraction for a lot of people. Look, I've seen that first episode, Andrew, and it's just, yeah, look, um. I I get carried away easily by um, new programs, but this one is brilliant and it just looks fantastic. Could this
1: be the best Aussie drama of the year? Perhaps based on one, do, it, does it have the potential to be the best new drama of the year? It does. Yeah,
0: it does. I mean, it's I could got, see that it's going to be competing with um, Picnic and Hanging Rock, of course. Yep. But it's a it's a smaller field, though, isn't it? These days, as we've talked about sure previously, you know, to stand yep. out. But this, uh, gee, they've spent some money on this too. It um, it just looks so good, in the cast. Well, there's also um, Wayne Blair, Colin Friels, uh, Anthony Hayes, John Warders, uh, Deborah Mailman. Yeah, Deborah Mailman. Um, a, a lot of other, a lot of other people. Uh, Ernie Dingo's in it. Yeah. Uh, just people keep cropping up all the way through it, and that's the. It's just that first episode is so wonderful. It's just. Yeah. It's, it's not fast-paced, but it's just sort of slowly moves through, and you, you're introduced to a different person every few minutes. Yeah. And it's just wonderful how you see them all starting to connect. And then I'm really looking forward to, I think there's six episodes, just seeing how it unwinds. You know, it's about a, a mystery of a, a kid that disappears, who's sort of working on a... Working on a what do they call them, sheep stations up there as a sort of a drover or something. And it's it's got parts of, it's got Western overtones to this. It's um, They're on horseback at one stage and the sort of search for for this kid who's gone missing. But it's just, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's just fantastic stuff.
1: I can't wait. The first movie was so fantastic. It was the best Australian film that year. The second movie was good. I didn't think it was as great. I just thought it kind of tipped over a little bit into, mm, I'm not really buying this anymore, okay. some of the characters and stories. Yes. But, the. Th- but, you know, I cannot wait to see what they, what they do with a longer format because I think the character that Aaron Peterson plays is very believable and I just think he's becoming such a great actor now that he's becoming an older man, you know, no, he's it's just fantastic to see him um you know holding up a series like that it's brilliant
0: yeah you're right look he's just well he's always been good but he has really turned into something marvelous i think he'd be yeah. one of, he'd be one of our best actors i think now wouldn't he i mean just seeing his work in this is just fantastic
1: well, if you think about him as the host of Gladiators, he—he was—you—you you could have almost tagged him as like the pretty boy, couldn't you? Yeah. He was kind of that kind of guy, but in actual fact, he's turning into this—he's uh, turned into this amazing character actor.
0: Yeah, and some of the scenes with him and Judy Davis in the sort of the sort of outback backdrop is just just stunning. Look, I'd—I'd I'd recommend to watch this on the biggest screen you can. Yeah, wow, it's, it's yeah. going to look really good. Yep. Um. So, yeah, and, and two, uh, the ABC's chucking this up on um, iView uh, straight away. so well, think, you're
1: going to be able to binge it all? Yeah. So from wow. uh,
0: June 3, Sunday, June 3 is the huh. first episodes going out on uh, free-to-air, and then you can um, watch all six episodes. Wow. So that'll be, I think there'll be a lot of people who'll be really tempted to at least uh, knock off the first couple on that, that first night to see how it goes. Yep. Uh, there's also something new coming up, uh, Annabelle Crabs back, Andrew, something called Back in Time for Dinner. Do you know much about this?
1: Yeah, I watched it. It's <laughs> really quite delightful. It's a, it's a family, a modern family, and they, they come in and they completely redesign their house. And when they come back, the first episode is the 1950s and every day is a different year, so 1950, 51. And it starts off... Uh, you know, the first thing they sort of say to the wife is, okay, you do all the work now. The husband doesn't lift a finger in the house. When he comes home from work, he's just going to sit in that room. You put put his feet up and you take him the newspaper and a drink and you have to do all this washing and it's there's no washing machine, so she's boiling the washing and putting them through a hand wringer and what they she gets given to cook that night is tripe in white sauce. <laughs> And the little girl, like, breaks down and says, I can't eat this. And I was like, I'm with you, darling. I don't want to eat that either. So, yeah, it's just about the reactions of the family as they move through. And then finally they get to the year in 1950 where she gets a fridge and she's so excited. So it's all about kind of go- go- going back in time and seeing the way people used to live. And it's it's really well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think the best part of the first episode is they get Dawn Fraser around and they sit Dawn Fraser down in the room and they play the original radio broadcast of her winning her race at the 1956 Melbourne Olympics. And she has never heard that radio commentary before. So she wow. hears it for the first time with that family. Great
0: moment. Okay. Now, is this, how long is this? Is it 30 minutes? An hour. It's an hour. Is it yeah. too long? Is it sustained?
1: Uh, it, look, it did sustain because it fit, it be, because it was changing all the time. It wasn't just, you know, every, every time they woke up, it was a, another new year and they pulled the calendar. So I actually thought it did work in an hour format. There was enough there to keep you going because there was something new happening every single day over the hour.
0: Right, okay, okay. Yeah, because um, we've talked, we've spoken before about the length of programs and how some of them seem to be bloating out. Like a lot of these 7.30 shows now will push on to, to 9 o'clock, even quarter past yeah. nine sometimes, 9.30. Um, but you really do notice that though when they stick to something, when they keep it to an hour, it just seems a lot tighter to me and I, th- I think I prefer that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think if you have a look at... Because Channel 9 have got a new... They're trying a new reality thing, is it next Tuesday? So, yeah, Buying Blind, which is, you know, where the, the families are going to have to buy a house and not know what they're getting. It's going for an hour and a half. Oh, wow. That's a lot.
0: Mm, mm. I do like the premise of that show, though, I must say. It's, um, it sounds good to me, but, yeah, but do we really need it over an hour? Mm. Once
1: a week for an hour and a half, oh, well, it's a big ask. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's really only sort of there to try and smash Shark Tank on 10 and not make you switch over to interview on Andrew Denton. It's like that, that, There seems no other reason for it to be that long except to disrupt the competition. And it's like the show, I agree with you, the show would probably be a lot puncher if it was only an hour long. Anyway, mm. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm talking through my ass, you know.
0: Yeah, it's... Um even though I like it's hard to see it doing too much damage to uh, Masterchef. Yeah. In 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 that time slot or and uh, I think it'd be good news for well, house, house rules and buying blind so there's a bit of sort of real estate head to head there isn't it so it'd be interesting yeah. sort of the effect it has on the audience there.
1: Well I see I like that Masterchef just keeps it tight to an hour a night, you know?
0: Mm. Mm.
1: They don't, you know, there's nothing worse than sitting down going, when is this going to end? I think on Sunday night could be the only night they actually really push it. You know, they don't finish till 9.15. It's yep. like an hour and 45 minutes. But then on a weeknight, when it's a work night, boom, one hour, in and out.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Something where length does work is uh, Gruen Gruen XL, which you can watch on, I think, Thursday nights. Um, I, I always like those extra sort of 10 minutes on, on Gruen. So I think that's... Little things like that are worth worth doing.
1: That's on... was that, is that still on ABC too? Are they still doing that? Yeah, I think so. Since yeah, ABC yeah. changed their format? I'm
0: pretty sure they did. Because we had... I spoke to uh, Nick Murray last week. We've got a... We've got actually got a podcast up of him and Michael Cordell, the guys that run CJZ. Right. And um, they were talking about Gruen XL. So I'm just um, checking my TV week as we well, I can't chat see it here. in the
1: schedule for... ABC 2 on a well, Thursday do they, night. Do they show it somewhere else? We'll Is have it a to... Friday night? It's not. Oh, yeah, it's on a Friday night. But you know what? Gruen XL goes for 45 minutes, and Gruen on the ABC goes for 40 minutes.
0: Okay, so there's not much. It goes
1: from much. 8.30 till so you're only getting another five minutes That's there. Not, <laughs> there's not
0: much XL at the moment. I,
1: exactly. I will tell you one tip, though, because after Gruen on the Wednesday night, the Weekly with Charlie Pickering, which I love. And then I just leave the TV on and you get this Corey White's Roadmap to Paradise, which is a okay. little 15-minute show. Have you watched one yet, James?
0: I've seen a bit of it, Yeah.
1: It's really interesting, this this, you know sort of guy whose father was an alcoholic and his mother was a heroin addict and he was a foster kid and he was a meth addict. And he just stands there and talks about some issue. Last night it was domestic violence. And he talked about domestic violence from his point of view. His father bashed him and and all of that. And he said, this is what I think needs to happen to make a change. And you go, wow, okay, you really know what you're talking about. he's got this really kind of down-to-earth, friendly way of getting his point. Across and it's short and sharp at 15 minutes. And I haven't seen one yet that I haven't kind of been glued to.
0: Okay, yeah, the ABC's been good at sort of being innovative with some sort of short form stuff that sort of can be quite challenging for viewers. Yeah, something I've been enjoying. It's back, I think we're back two or three episodes now have you been paying attention <laughs> yeah, it's, look, yeah it's 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 better than ever it's just um it's just fantastic it's a great way to end a uh, end a monday evening which helps you know helping you get uh, into a new week
1: Well, I forgot to watch it on the Monday night. And then I went, damn, damn. So I thought, well, they always repeat it on a Friday night, right? Mm. So after the Graham Norton show, so I look up the TV week, it says to be advised. Mm. So then I thought, well, that's, then I looked it up on the EPG to be advised. It was still to be advised on the Thursday. On the Thursday, I went, I'm going to set it so that I tape it. I could have watched it on 10 play, but I thought, Mm. no, I'll just record it off air Mm. to be advised. Who do 10 think they, they're fooling by not putting the name of a show onto the EPG or their guide? Okay, we know that it's going to screen at 9.30 on a Friday night. Just say so. It's, they still have in the TV guide every day in the daytime, they still say TBA um, at 1pm. Okay, we know you're going to repeat MasterChef. We understand you don't want to promote that because it means you don't have to watch it in prime time because there's a, but to put out a TV guide for weeks on end and just saying
0: to be advised,
1: how dumb is that?
0: Yeah. And you've got to think how many people would it really affect?
1: Just put it in the guide (laughs) and admit to it. Like why the secrecy? It's so dumb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does seem weird, doesn't it?
1: And I literally couldn't tape, have you been paying attention on the Friday night, because it wasn't in the EPJ. Sure enough, when I got home from work on Friday night, there it was on my TV, because I'd left the TV on 10 as I walked out the door. There it was playing. I went, well, there you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, we're keeping this short and sweet today. Anything else you want to sort of um, get off your um, your chest (laughs) as (laughs) it
1: were? What about
0: Love Island? You looking forward to that?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I'm really-
1: I'm shocked because it's going to go, it's like two weeks. It's on every night of the week that's what sort of shocked, I I just assumed it was going to be a one hour a week show but it's not, it's kind of every night of the week and it starts on Sunday at 8.30 what I particularly like, because it's on Go, Nine's digital channel I particularly like the programming that they've tied in after it you know, it's a little bit racy it's supposedly upsetting families watching The Voice, it's in a family time slot and the ads for the Love Island are too racy, or as Amanda Keller calls it Root Island, (laughs) instead of Love Island, but every night they've sort of programmed a similar theme show afterwards. So on Sunday night, the night it starts its Sausage Party, which is that animated (laughs) movie with Seth Rogen, which apparently is very rude. And then they do all the Hangover movies, But we've talked about this before, James, on Thursday night after Love Island, it's Bromance, which is um, guys, you know, big, buffy English guys with lots of tattoos who get sent to kind of live like gladiators did and wear togas and go to gladiator school. Uh, It just sounds hilarious. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's the good thing about putting it on a, a multi-channel. I guess you can really strip it and give it a lot of airtime.
1: Yeah, but, theme it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. We, we'll, we'll catch up with how that goes uh, when we get, get back together next. Um, we'll also have the Logies to talk about all the, the Logie nominations the next time we get together. They're going to be announced uh, the Sunday after we're recording this podcast at their yeah. new home up on the Gold Coast. So they're already utilising their new um, location. Wow. So we'll, we'll see who comes up there. But oh, and James, on, don't
1: yeah. miss the first episode of Todd Sampson's Body Hack 2.0 uh Looks next good. Thursday the on 10. Look good, don't they? Wow, Do you remember back in the 70s they used to have those sort of R-rated movies like Man from Deep River where <laughs> you'd go uh, the stuff I saw Todd Sampson witnessing in the, with these Indian mystical men who, you know, can push past the pain barrier to get closer to God. I, I've seen things so disturbing, I don't even want to say it over the the, the line here. Right. It's truly the most um, outrageous thing I've seen on TV all year.
0: Wow. Okay, Andrew. Good talking with you, mate. Thank you, James. We'll both go off and dive into Netflix, eh? See what we can find.
1: <laughs> all right. Good luck. Okay.
0: Thanks, Andrew. Bye-bye.